Hey, what's up? We're here at the Fox Theater in Pomona, I believe. Yes, Fox Theater in Pomona. You're listening to me, Jack, here in the punk rock demonstration here with the addicts. Actually, just one addict, Monkey from the Addicts. For people who don't know what you do, what do you do in the Addicts? I'm the guy with the silly makeup and the one that makes the mess and kind of jumps around and generally act foolish. Well, so I just have to ask you, how did you guys ever come up with this name, Addicts? I, it just came out of the air one day. Somebody said hey, we were looking for a name and somebody suggested it and it stuck, really. There's no great mystery about it. So I noticed everyone's like asleep right now and you're the only one that's awake. What's up with that? We've been going pretty hard for the last week, you know, some long drives and some heavy nights, you know, so you have to take your, uh, take your rest where you can get it on the road. When you're just talking about on the road, are you guys originally from California or from England or do you stay half and half or how does that work? Originally from England, yes, but now some of us live in, in California, so we're pretty much, you know, split between the UK and, and Southern California. So how did that come about? How did you guys like start out in the UK and then some of you guys end up in California and some of you guys still stay around in the UK? Uh, well, Pete and I both met our wives out here and so married Americans and moved out. I see. So has that changed the addict's music career at all or has it made it better or worse or didn't make a difference or what? I think it helps to be based in, in California where we have a a good groundswell of fans and so you stay a little bit more in touch with those kids I think but um, it doesn't really make a much difference on, uh, on a day-to-day basis you know we just as long as we get everyone's schedules organized and get all the logistics together we just fly in and meet up in Spain or Germany or wherever we happen to go so we don't rehearse very much but I can see that from living in different countries. So, how many times have you traveled around the world? I'm not sure. I mean, there's still some countries we haven't gotten to yet that we'd like to. You know, like, uh, more of Asia, perhaps, you know, Indonesia and those places. You know. um, so, we've still got some, some ambitions for more travel. And we don't, we don't tour constantly. We just do maybe 50 shows a year or something like that. Yeah, I noticed you guys haven't been touring a lot the past couple of years. And I noticed you guys haven't come out with any new songs until recently. What have you been doing between like the last album and this album? Well, since Roller Coaster album, we re-recorded Songs of Praise for his anniversary edition and uh, recorded a new album, Life Goes On, which is just about to be released in the U.S. on People Like You Records. It's already out in Europe. And I noticed a lot of people are like asking me, the prices are like $30 online or something like that and in the stores. Where can people find more of that music but for less? Um, with the new label, there will be a much better distribution. It will be easier to find in more regular stores. It's going to be distributed through uh, Sony EMI. So it should be hitting you know, all the regular outlets. Not, not just the mom and pop shops, but you know, Best Buy and places like that. So. You know, listening to that album, I noticed there's a lot of new uh, instruments in there and a lot of new uh, styles of music. Like there's a keyboard or a violin, I'm not quite sure which one it is in, the, in one particular song. How did you come up with that? Or like what sparked it to have like a violin or a keyboard? We've always been a little different in our, in our sound or our approach to songwriting. And as far as, you know, comparing us with other punk rock bands, if you will, we've always written songs that had... Um, sort of non-traditional punk rock structure and and, and you know sonic qualities. Um, 
it's just it's just the way that we want to present songs with with much more uh, color and depth and, and diversity. You know, it's, it's it's the way we enjoy to, to make music. So it just it just comes naturally. It's not such a, a, a conscious effort. It's like you know, this is what this song needs here. You know, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But we're never afraid to experiment. So. I believe there's only one song with that uh, keyboard or violin. Is it a keyboard or a violin, or am I totally off? Or? Oh, there's both on the new album. There's little pieces on several songs, yeah. Yeah, I copied it all to a tape. I'm not quite sure what the title of the song is. So, What is one of the songs that have one of those? Gangster's got keyboards and violin. Um, Life Goes On has got keyboards, I think. I don't know, it's a few. It's been almost two years since we recorded it. So. Wow, so why so long until releasing it? just finding a right, the right record label. Okay, let's take a listen to the song Life Goes On since it's got the keyboard in it. Uh, what is that song all about? The, the title says it all, you know, every day's another day, doesn't matter what gets you down, pick yourself up, life goes on, you know, things will be okay. Very cool, so let's take a listen to that song. It's called Life Goes On off of your new album called Life Goes On. And we're here with the Addicts at the Fox Theater in Pomona. You're listening to me, Jack, here in the Punk Rock Demonstration.
I got a fiver, I can get, what, a pint for that or something? Used to be, back in the 70s, I could probably get pissed on fucking a fiver. You know, can't get nothing for it these days. Can't even, what, a pint and a pack out of fags, you won't get changed from a fiver, will ya? I used to have about four or five pints of, uh, what I light and bitter, I used to think in them days, and maybe even squeeze in a whiskey and orange or something like that. And probably had enough for chips after that too, you know. Fucking hell. What's the world coming to? It's a bloody disgrace, isn't it? Welcome back. That was Life Goes On by The Addicts, and we're here with The Addicts. Actually, just Monkey from The Addicts. And you're listening to me, Jack, here in the punk rock demonstration out here in Pomona, talking a little bit about like how you got your members and all that stuff. I noticed you guys are like brothers. How does that work? Like, How did you guys get your brothers into starting this band with you guys way back then? I don't have any brothers in the band, but Pete and Kid are brothers. And so, I mean, they had grown up with music in the house and start to play as you know as young kids you know way before punk rock hit the streets um so they were always you know had aspirations to be in a band and um myself and mel met them and was already playing bass so he just joined in and then i i met them in the pub in england basically because we had a common interest in punk rock and they were only you know three or four kids in town at the time that had that and we had a mutual friend and said you know you guys like the same thing you should meet and it just happened like that did you all get into the clockwork thing or did you guys start off punk rock or how that happened the clockwork thing didn't develop until after maybe like three or four years of playing shows even before that we were always thinking about how we could be different and stand out from the punk world crowd anyway Nice, you definitely figured that out. <laughs> so how is it like playing with all these louder punk rock bands and you're sort of like a softer kind of punk rock or some people even classify as like clockwork punk or something like that? I'm not a big fan of the thrash bands or the, you know, the punk bands that are close to metal. I don't really enjoy that much at all. I don't, you know, if you can't write a song, then don't make a noise, you know. Some of them, like uh, like the genre, like death metal or something, it's like, I'd rather hear the toilet flush than someone gurgling, you know? Since we're talking about music again, let's talk a little bit about some of your older songs, like Songs of Praise. What is that song all about? I've always wondered. It's about our songs and our philosophy that, you know, um, we, we sing about the things that, um, you know, are uplifting to us and um, joyous to us. It's got really nice, nothing to do with religion. It's just about, you know, joie de vivre and joy of life. Is there any particular thing that inspires you guys to write the kind of music that you guys write? No, it comes from all different places. You know, you can, there's, there's no formula for it. It's sort of like a passion and just whatever comes out, you just start writing, right? Yeah, it's just, you know, imagination, inspiration. So how did you guys get all your nicknames, like Monkey and Kid and all that? I was called Monkey since I was eight, nine years old. Kid was called Kid because he was the youngest kid in the family. I'm not quite sure why Scruff is called Scruff, to be honest with you. Maybe he's just a Scruff. 
So yeah, I guess we can take a listen to some more music and then we'll talk a little bit about some other stuff. And you're listening to me, Jack, here in the punk rock demonstration with the addicts. And I guess we'll take a listen to songs of praise since I just talked about that. And we'll be back. Songs of Praise by the Addicts, and we're out here with the Addicts at the Fox Theater in Pomona. Actually, just with Monkey at the moment because everyone else is snoozing since uh, I guess they had a long evening of drinking. <laughs> or is it just uh, they haven't started so they're taking a break and resting before they drink? Yeah, it's a little bit of both, you know. It's, uh, quiet times are hard to find on the road, and so you, know, you take what you can get. But um, the party will start up again pretty soon. So. so, how many years has it been since you started this band? 33 now. So what is it that makes it where you guys can stay together for 33 years and still have the original lineup? Technically we don't have the original lineup tonight because um, Mel's not doing this tour but he's, you know, he's still in the band when he's available but he couldn't make it this time. But, um, I don't know, we just, we just must love what we do I guess, you know. Do you guys ever like get into fights or anything like that? Oh, there's been some arguments and some disagreements along the way um, but yet usually that's all about because we care about what we do and we have, we have arguments about what songs to play or you know how a song should be arranged or something like that um, um, because we all want the best for the song for the band you know and for ourselves so that's probably the thing we argue about most is you know things so sort of like self-criticism <laughs> do you guys do anything else besides the band yeah we've all got other things going on yeah 
any side projects or just work or no no no, no musical side projects Pete um, has produced quite a few bands um, but no other side projects which yeah some of us have jobs and regular lives so I noticed you like always have your makeup when you're performing do you ever wear your makeup when you're not performing give me a situation in where you think that would happen like maybe when you're going shopping or something like that <laughs> uh, no I, I don't need the attention that's <laughs> when you were like a little kid did you ever decide to do that when I was a little kid I was into you know glam rock T-Rex and Slade and those kind of bands and I used to, used to draw little pictures of you know bands and try and design hairstyles and makeup and stuff like that yeah so thinking about like way back then now that you're older is there anything you learned from the addicts I've learned how to have a good time and I learned that there's you know it's surprising what you can do if you have the drive and the ambition and come from a small town in England that didn't have much for young kids that you know you can break out and see the world with a bit of luck you know so what are your influences like what bands are you guys all into very diverse we listen to all kinds of things well the pop the classical I don't think there's any there's not any music that influences us to write anymore obviously we started off with punk rock and before that you know glam rock and stuff like that but I think we're, we're beyond being influenced by other people now I can definitely see that <laughs> Where can people find more information about your band and how many websites do you have? It seems like you guys have a lot. Yeah, I'm not really the one to ask about that. I'm not too into it. Obviously, Facebook and MySpace and then the, the Official Addicts website. I, but I don't get involved with that too much. In some ways, I don't, I don't find it entirely healthy to read about how great I am. <laughs> I think you need to maintain a little modesty or something, you know? Yeah, with all these new social networking sites, it's like totally social networking where it's like you can find all the information about you but you didn't even know that it existed a lot of it is is misleading anyway like stuff on you know wikipedia or whatever you know dates are wrong and names are wrong i mean it's it's great that the information's out there but it has to be good information you know wikipedia is the thing that like annoyed me the most it's like i was trying to write an article about myself and then it got deleted by Wikipedia because it says that you cannot write articles about yourself. You have to have other people write about you. And I'm like, okay, so who, who can tell me better, me or someone else? So I don't get that. Yeah, it's, uh, obviously it's a, it's a great tool for connecting. And it, and it, it was very useful tonight for this show because this show was you know, cancelled at one point And then was maybe moved to another venue. And then, uh, you know, it was saved and put back to the fox but to keep everybody in the loop and letting them know that yeah yeah the show's on the show's on the show's on obviously the you know the internet was a great tool for that so. talk about that how did you guys like keep people in the loop when internet didn't exist yet well it would be well there wasn't such of a big loop then it was you know uh, local shows word of mouth flyers you know whatever radio or local uh, newspaper coverage you could get and and it was a probably a smaller scene back then so everybody knew anyway if there was a show or, you know, something else was happening that everybody would keep in touch I mean I but I, 
I'd never even had a telephone in my house until I was 16 or something like that. So, so anything we should expect soon or not soon from the addicts? Nothing on the horizon. We got as far as new material goes. We have we haven't um, got anything in the can right now. Um, as far as shows go, we're um, we we're going to Las Vegas tomorrow, and then we're finished with this little tour. We're doing some festivals in Europe in August. Um, we're going to be back in Southern California in uh, September back at the Key Club and Anaheim House of Blues, San Diego House of Blues. I think we're up in Victorville, maybe San Francisco. A couple more shows up north and then we're in South America. Five shows down there. And November we'll be in Japan. So that's pretty much our year wrapped up right there. So we're going half the world. Yeah, half the world. But we've still got the other half to get to. So. I heard the House of Blues in Anaheim was supposed to be getting closed or something like that. Ever heard of any such thing, or am I just hearing the wrong things? That's I've never heard anything about that. We, we, we have we have a, a show booked there already, so hopefully they would have told us already <laughs> it was closing, but I, I doubt it. Hopefully it's something I just heard that wasn't supposed to be heard. Anyways, let's take a listen to this song off of your new album, Life Goes On. I like this awesome song. It's called Over There, and it's got some interesting vocals. Who sings that? I'm pretty sure it's not you singing it. No, it's not me. Someone said it sounded like a girl. I think that was me, but... <laughs> well, the biggest girl in the band is Kid, so it must be him. I see. So let's take a listen to the song. It's called Over There. Does it have any particular meaning? There's, there's not a great philosophy about any of our songs, really. It's just all about having fun. And, and But over there means it's like it, it, having aspirations and like, you know, things will be better over there. The sun is shining over there. You know, the grass is always greener over there. And, you know, don't be afraid to reach out and have some ambition. So I guess we'll have to take a listen to the song. It's called Over There by the Addicts. And I'm Jack, and we've been talking with Kid. No, we've been talking with Monkey, with kids singing this song called Over There. And yes, you can check out the Addicts website at what's your website? .us, I think, and it's just theaddicts.us. So it's www.theaddicts.us. You can check out my website at punkrockdemo.com. And yeah, here's Over There by the Addicts. Just 
That was Over There by The Addicts, and you're listening to me, Jack, here in the punk rock demonstration here with The Addicts, and this time it's not with Monkey, it's with Kid from The Addicts. So we were talking about how that song uh, has Kid singing in there, so any particular reason why you decided to sing in that song? The Addicts, we've always sang songs, if Pete wants to sing one, like on the first album I did Mary Whitehouse, uh, Peter did uh, Man's Gotta Do on the Sound of Music album, so we've, you know, if there's a song there where Monkey, you know, we don't want Monkey to sing it, or he, he don't want to sing it. With Over There, I, I wrote it, and they just, everybody just said, kid, you sing that one, so I did, you know. And you sound, I sounded like a girl. <laughs> now, how did you hear about that? But no, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, like we take, you know, like tonight, well, we might not do it, but I might do a, you know, Monkey might go off stage, and we might throw in a, a couple of songs, what, me and Pete sing, or Scruff sings even, you know, so... Uh, yeah, we we like we like we just like mixing it up, you know. It's you know gives Monkey a break. I mean, in the studio, you can do anything you want, you know. So it's one of those things. You know. I remember I was talking to one of those bands, and they're like, I noticed like this guy like plays all these different instruments. Like he's the drummer, but he's also the singer, and the uh, and the fiddle or whatever, not the fiddle, the whatever the flute deal and he plays the tambourine I'm like how in the world did you end up playing all those instruments and be good at it and he tells me you can do everything I've played belly button on my belly for a song you know you just go and you know you all things like that that we had a song where we had to do that you know so I'm not a musician I just hit drums so I can't play anything so that's when I get interviewed they go oh kid you're a great drummer I goes no I'm just I just hit the fuckness you know so that's me (laughs) Yeah, I was talking to that guy, and he's like, yeah, in the studio you can do anything, but when it comes time to perform, you can't really do all that stuff, so I ended up playing all these instruments at the same time. It's a bloody hard job to do, isn't it, if you want to do it live, but no, in the studio it gives you access to, to try different sounds and different things. So if you want to play your belly, you play your you know, flute, you know, I can do anything like that too. <laughs> So from your side, do you know anything about what websites you guys have since Monkey doesn't seem to know? You're talking the wrong person. 
I don't even own a phone. This is no lie. I don't own a phone, a computer. Uh, I don't even know what's out there on the internet because I don't even have the internet. Uh, I don't drive. I'm back with me. I'm the the assault on that. <laughs> you know, that sounds like me, except that's a good thing because that means you can't get contacted. In a way, you know, I mean, because you got to realise, you know, I've been doing this 30 years, you know, and like I go out and talk to the kids and, you know, it's... I, I, you know, I'm, I'm with them for that, but when I go home, I'm just a family guy. You know, I'm kid, the father, and they, you know, all the young kids in the town see me, but they know I'm just kid, the dad, you know, of these children and all that. So it's kind of a bit of a, you know, it's like monkey, he's, got, he's a father, you know, young father and that and all that. So, uh, I, I, I don't know, it's kind of now, it's more of a humbling experience. When I was young, it's like when, it, when we get interviewed, they say, oh, how do you feel about punk rock today? Well, how do I feel? I mean, I play in a punk rock band, but it wasn't today, it was yesterday, but we're still playing, do you know what I mean? So I can't really get on the level of the, a young 16-year-old of how he feels in a way, but I can understand it in a way, you know, so it's, it's a hard little uh, concept that is and all that, you know. But like I said, I'm just a normal guy who hits drums, you know. <laughs> and I get paid for it. <laughs> and travel all over the world, and I love it, you know. It's a good laugh. Like I said, 30 years ago, when we first started, me and Peter, how do you know we'd be still doing this now, you know? How did I know? You know, we didn't know. We you know, we were a couple of kids off the street, met Monkey, formed a band. We never thought we'd be playing outside Ipswich, you know, so... Is that how you pronounce that country? <laughs> England, England. But where we were, where we first started was in a town called Ipswich. Yeah, that's where we first started. Our first gig was in uh, a scout club, uh, like a cadets club, with no stage, bit of string for the stage so people wouldn't dance past it, and for the lightning we had a motorbike in on st on revved up, and the light would go on us. <laughs> Now that was punk rock. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like some of the shows I've been to, except uh, a little bit less ghetto. There's this show, they're having like uh, drifting or something like that, along with punk rock concert, whatever. I'm like, that's an interesting way to like fill the stage with fog, <laughs> have a drifting show. Yeah, I mean, we've done, we've done some plenty full of weird shows in our time. I, too many dimensions. So, uh, you know, you walk into a venue and it's like, where do we play? And they're going, here. Well, where does the crowd go? Here. <laughs> so it's like that, you know. But we keep playing these places, so, you know. You know, the places where they built the stage for you and it collapses after one song, you know. So I've done that, you know. You know, it's earlier I was talking with Monkey about how you guys got your nicknames and Monkey didn't quite know. Do you know? I know why Monkey got ears. Monkey's because of his ears. Me, because I'm Pete's brother and where we come from... All family members, if you were, you're, you're, the eldest is, you know, the eldest. But then it's like, he'll say, my kid brother. I call my sister my kid sister, you know. So she's our kid. And, I, and Peter, my family always said, oh, it's our kid over there, you know. So kid is always stuck with me, you know, sort of thing. And then the, the punky little bit came with D, you know, at the end, kid D. D is for Davison, you know. 
which is our surname, you know, I mean, Pete's surname. So it was Kid D, you know. Yeah, that's it. Mel, Spider, because of his legs. Yeah, that because he's got long legs, Mel has, you know. You know uh, Pete is Pete. <laughs> Scruff, now. He's just a dirty fucker, isn't he? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, we, I don't know. Uh, monkey, I know Monkey was his ears, you know. So who, who, since you guys are brothers, who originally started? Pete was the originator of the addicts, really. Uh, me and Pete had, had this band. He had a guitar. He could play like a little simple three chords things and all that. And he wanted me to play drums. So we started off. This is how to form a band. You get a pillar, right? You put paper under it and it sounds like a snare drum when you hit it. And then for the hi-hat, I used to have a, like a, any bottle, a plastic bottle, you fill it up with uh, stones and you, you know. And so we'd practice in a bedroom and then Peter one day bought me this little tiny little Premier kit, just a little kiddies thing, you know. And we'd practice in the bedroom and then the garage and then that's how, and then me and Peter had a band called The Dumb, D-U-M-B. Then we had The Afterbirth. And then we started the so-called addicts, which we were first called the pins. Yeah. And then it became the addicts, you know. You know it was very strange how it all amalgamated together, you know. Because you know, uh, we didn't know, well, Peter knew Monkey, I didn't know Monkey. And I, one of the first times we met was in our living room. And our, my friend was going to sing. One of our friends was going to sing for the band. Monkey just came along. And Roy, Roy, this lad, he was shit. <laughs> Total crap. <laughs> so we said, come on, Monkey, because Monkey's quite shy. Yeah, he's very quiet, you know. And then all of a sudden, behind the microphone, he sounded fucking right, you know. And that's how it started, in a way, you know. And the story had just began then. <laughs> and then you came up with a song called, like, We Ain't Gotta Say. Yeah, 30 years later, yeah. And which is a, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a anti of everything, which we never, we, we, we like to have a lot of pun, you know, not in, we, we don't like it ram it down people's throats, because I always thought punk wasn't about preaching, it was just about, hey, there's things out there which ain't right, so you have a say, you know, and all that, and that's really that, that song is about, you know, so it's all about having your say in all the, all the things which, piss you off and there are certain things which piss me off <laughs> but I'm not going to preach to everybody it's up to them so we'll have to take a listen to this song to know what you're talking about so we'll take a listen to the song it's called We Ain't Gotta Say by The Addicts and you're listening to me Jack here in the punk rock demonstration and now with Kid from The Addicts
that was Ricky Deaky Girls and Boys by The Addicts, and you're listening to me, Jack, here in the punk rock demonstration here with Kid from The Addicts. You know, we were just talking about that song while we were listening to it, Ricky Deaky Girls and Boys. What is that song all about? It, it's, it's slang in, in my language, which you might not understand. Uh, when I say narfla, I mean, uh, I, I admire all these little young narflas. Narflas are young kids who are alternative to the system. So if they want to dress up how they want, they're good, they're good like little narflas in my eyes, you know. Reeky deeky girls and boys are vi- literally... Uh, some people say, <laughs> said, do you mean they smell? I'm going, no, they don't smell. <laughs> it's the fact that they're reeky deeky. They're, they're going for it, you know. They're up for it, you know. And I like that, you know. A young little narfla, a little punk rocker, walk down the street. I love that, you know. So it's a, it's a kind of a an admiration of the uh, the new punk out there, really. To think that punk is still going on, and there's these young kids carrying the flag still, which is that's the intent of it, you know. But with my sort of uh, <laughs> vision of <laughs> all that, when I, you know, like I said, there's silly lyrics in there, you know. I love to see an Arfla do the fandango, you know. So. <laughs> What are the lyrics in that song? I can't quite understand what it is. Well, what's it? One wiggy deeky boy, two little wiggy. And then it goes, see, see him coming down the street, dancing to a revolutionary beat. You know, it's, it's, it, like I said, the intent is all you young kids walk down the, down the street singing wiggy deeky, one wiggy deeky boy. You know? And it's just the alternative to what's out there. You know, even though it's a very poppy song. <laughs> It all makes sense now. It's kind of very poppy song. They go, kid, you're writing pop music now. I know. I wrote it on my little cast show. Because <laughs> I can't write music. So I can... How I write my songs is uh, I call them the Humdy Humdy. And I just have a cassette player sitting next to me, put record on. And I could be reading. I could get be getting stoned or something, drinking. You'd hear me put the kettle on and my kids talking to me. But while this is happening, I gradually start humming a tune and write some lyrics down. And then I've got this little Casio machine, and it's always the same beat. <laughs> it's always the same, you know. And then I just play these little chords. And I've got a couple of, yeah, I, I try to mix it up a bit, you know, and all that. But it's, it's fun when I come up with it. It's hard work because I never mark anything down on the tapes. So I've got tapes, 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 and I'm trying to find a little humdy hum there. There's a humdy hum there, and I'll try to add it to another humdy hum. So that's how I write a song. <laughs> and half the, half the songs on the album, on that one, on the Spank Me Baby, uh, Life Goes On album, it, it stemmed from me sitting with a little cassette, just letting it record, and, you know, that's how I write, write songs. You know, do you know when you can walk down a street, it's like Spank Me Baby. The whole concept of that song is when you get a song in your head and then you can't fucking get it out of your song. You know, you're singing it all that. Even though you hate the song, you can't get it out of your head. And that was the intent of that. And so I thought, oh, I'll write a song which might annoy people. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sort of sounds like my uh, experiences, except not with writing songs, but with listening to songs. It. It's the same thing, isn't it? You know, when you hear bloody pop music on the bloody radio every day and they dram you know it's like the playlist they've only got five songs in the hour you know and it's the same old bloody songs and you then the next hour comes you're hearing the same bloody song 
no wonder they get in the charts you know everybody can't you know <laughs> so it is it's like yes it is it's like that experience of hearing a song and you can't get it out of your head so that was it you know so that was spank me baby you know that, yeah. Reeky Deaky boys like I said the, the experience of me is when I I see a young little punk in the street I still go like that you know I'm for them you know because I know what it was like you know yeah to get beaten I've, I've just been down I just, just outside I went for a cigarette and I was talking to some kids and the little girl goes asked me what it was like when, in, the, in the heyday of 76, 77 and all that I goes well done if I looked like you and walked down the street, somebody would have just punched me in the face. And that's, it. that's my experience of early punk rock, you know. So that's why I admire the young kids now. They're so up for it now. How did you get into this kind of music? I'm very fortunate because my old man was in... Uh, my dad was in a rock and roll band, right, in his 60s. And I've always... And then he was an entertaining management. And we used to have bands like the Trogs stay in our house when they were first started you know and so I've always had people around me who were in uh, music drugs all that so so at an early age I experienced what rock and roll as it says was the punk thing came along as I said I'm a 15 year old little kid and that's that's our evolution to start things you know pick up anything and just try to play very fortunate because before that uh, of course I listened to Bowie, T-Rex, Roxy Music things like that but thank god punk came along because musically out there it was shit, it was just your old big Emerson, Lake and Palmer stadium rock shit you know so thank god punk came along and like, like I said punk is it's like talking to my dad my old man, he even managed us and uh, he used to say it's the same thing back when rock and roll started. It's that teenage rebellion thing, you know? So in a way, punk rock was in a, evolved, you know, evolved from all, all kind of music, all kind of rebellious type thing, you know, which isn't the norm. And of course, you're gonna have Bible bashers pin it down and all that. And you know, you just say, fuck you, I'm young. I want to play this stuff, you know? So that's, that's how we got into it, you know, because it was, it was the right time. For a teenager, you know, to say, "Hey, I can do this," you know, you know, even though I couldn't play at the time. So, <laughs> but we sounded good. I've even got early tapes of the dumb, fucking awful. <laughs> now that they've degraded yeah. gracefully, maybe they'll sound a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, they still sound shit. Honest, they still sound shit. There's, yeah, me and Peter. He, he used to play. Like I said, this kit. I, I got this shit kit. I couldn't play. And Peter used to always have a, like, the buzz sound. Every song was So you couldn't distinguish anything. And it was weird. And we, you know, we were inspired in a way, you know. You know, certain things of what punk generated was, was fortunate. I was listening to the Velvet Grounds. I had to listen to the Stooges. I had to listen to the, you know, all these early bands who were edge, you know, off the edge sort of thing. And, uh... Thank God the Ramones came along, and after you listened to that first album, you just went, well, simple, isn't it? You know? So that was it, really, you know? Yeah, then we get into the 
one hit wonder era <laughs> you had everything you know because everybody jumped on everything I mean punk really finished after six months in England you know but that but in saying that the true punk then came along because I always remember listening to uh, you know Menzi from the Angelic Upstarts he made a brilliant quote uh, when he st- a statement when he turned around he goes you know the first division punk punk rock they were arty they were all that but the audience they were the punks and they started punk it was like the second division punk because they were the audience weren't they they're the ones who formed bands like me like me and Pete and things like that where the first generation like you know the sex pistols all that they were all manufactured to suit themselves you know you know they were kind of elite something or all that but while that was happening Menzies said wait hold on there was an audience out there of punk wobblers who formed band so they're really the you know the carriers of the bearers of punk rock you know so and it's like now you've got all these young bands you know they see a band then they form a band you know and it's still evolving you know? I know plenty of those that start start their own bands just because they heard this cool band that they want to sound like that is, that is how many bands want to be the sex wheels? how many bands want to be this and that you know and all that you know most bands now, I bloody want all want to be bloody discharged. It's pissing me off. That's <laughs> because they're easy to play. They're loud and rah 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 and all that. And like I said, I, I've always stated punk isn't supposed to be like that. Punk can be anything. I love discharge. I love bad brains. I love hardcore. But when you, if you've got to mix it up, because punk wasn't just one sound, one anything. If you listen to all the early punk records, they're fucking different. A lot of the bands are all different. Could be slow, fast, mediocre, weird in their, you know, in their how they put put it across. So, and that's what we've we've never been scared to do what we want to do. So you know, listen to the first album, Tango. There's a tango on the album, isn't there? <laughs> because you know, so. It, you know, we we can play disco if we want and all that. I I wouldn't. I don't like the label things. You know, where you have to be put, put in a genre of just playing that. You know, and that's one thing. Fortunately, the addicts have never done. We've always want done what we wanted to do. Well, since we're talking about the addicts again, we'll have to take a listen to another song by the addicts. We'll take a listen to "Spank Me, Baby," since we mentioned that earlier. And yes, we're talking with the addicts on the punk rock demonstration. It's been 
Hey, welcome back. That was Spank Me Baby by The Addicts, and we're talking with Kid D from The Addicts. And you're listening to me, Jack, here in the punk rock demonstration. So I'm guessing you're still not the right person to talk to about what the websites are and all that. Oh, bloody clue, Jack. Bloody hell. I mean, I just play drums and hit them. <laughs> I don't even bloody know what the bloody website is. I don't even go on the internet. <laughs> so what is the internet? <laughs> but no, I haven't got a clue. No, no. Google will know everything. So just go on Google, search for the addicts, and I'm sure you'll find all about the addicts and stuff you probably don't want to know. <laughs> even, ev- all the history, everything. Even I don't even know half the shit, you know. So. <laughs> Isn't it amazing what happens with technology? You can find out stuff about stuff that you don't even know about you. Do you do anything else besides the addicts? Yeah, I work. Punk rock don't pay the bells. No, I, I, I work with uh, adults with learning disabilities. I can teach them to make a cup of tea, support them in making a cup of tea, and then the next day, they won't remember. It's great. (laughs) No, no, I've got a crew. No, I do. I look look after adults, and they've got certain disabilities where they can't do things, so I support them in doing that, you know, help them to count, do things and all that, shop and all that. It's kind of a very humbling experience in a way. Is it rehabilitation or is it something else? No, they, they were born, you know, it's uh, people born with a, uh, with a kind of mental health issues, you know, but they, uh, it's like I'm looking after a 50-something-year-old man, but he's got the mind of a four-year-old, you know, he's just, you know, he's got a learning disability, so it's my job to support him eating properly and loads of different areas, you know, counting, money, you know writing his name which the next day he'll have forgotten you know so, yeah it's kind of very humbling yeah ever seen that movie for 50 first dates yeah yeah is that that that's what's that who's in that uh, where she w- wakes up and it's like it's the same day it is yeah in a way it's my my, my job is kind of gra- like, like that ground dog day every day i come downstairs and I'll go to one of my lads and I'll go, oh, should we make a cup of tea? And he'll look at me blankly, so how the hell do you make a cup of tea, you know? So uh, that's how... And then we do it again, like writing his name, you know? And he'll try to write his name. Good, that's Roger. Next day, don't know where to start. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's wicked, yeah. It's very interesting how humans work. So we finally woke up the person that I've been bugging the entire, like, two days or so <laughs> so how is it like having your brother Pete here well he's always been there hasn't he? he he is my brother so he's always there well, I was always here I was the first one here he was but then I came along and then the rest of them yeah <laughs> well what I meant was how is it like having him as an additional musician in the band <laughs> like is it better than if you were to go out and find someone else or what be the same, would it? Wouldn't be the same. I couldn't argue and things like that with him. And we have an understanding, yeah. which is a very good yeah. thing, you know. It, that, that's one. A lot of people ask us, "How come you've got, you know, the addicts? We've still got a lot, a lot of the original members in." And I think it helps that family. And and like Monkey always says, the addicts is a family. You know, we just sort of, and we've extended the family, you know. We've got. We've had a rough road and we've stuck through it. Yeah, and that's, that's one it, thing. Ups and downs. You know, we, and, you know, success comes... Success, I suppose, comes at a price for most, you know. And um, it takes a long time to gain success on a humbling level. You know, it may not be success in dollar bills. No. 
it's more of a success that we've stuck it out you know it's very humbling and it's a good experience for us it's you know we can tell stories we can we've got and nobody else it, can you know? say it nobody else yeah. can say they're the longest running punk band in history you know what I mean and nobody else can ever ever say it yeah. you know and it's you know great somebody in 30 years might no they might no <laughs> they won't they will they won't shall we fucking argue I know <laughs> I know for a fact no you know I do know I'm telepathic okay I can totally see how you guys get along and <laughs> have this band well anyways humour we have a lot of humour in the band so uh, and like I said everybody's a we're all individuals, you know, we all, we're not samey, you know, we don't all go down one yeah, road. Nobody agrees with no, each other. No, that's it, you know, like, it's like when it's we, it's like it's when we practice, you know, for a tour, we normally practice once or twice, and then for two days we'll argue about the set, <laughs> what songs to play. <laughs> the only time we argue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, how in the world do you guys practice when we you've got... We don't, that's we just don't. it, we, we, we're lucky if we practice once or twice yeah. a year. Yeah. And we, it's a feel thing. We just, yeah. for some reason, it just clicks. We just tell each other what we just tell each other what we're learn these songs, yeah. and then hopefully we can put them together right. So I guess this album just came about magically out of thin air. Well, like I said we had Humdi Hum date tapes. Yeah. We've got little tunes there. We've got lyrics all over the we place. All have little pieces and, we bring to the table. Just, yeah, and we just I mean, and with technology, yeah. we just layer it and put and, it on top. You know, it's like. Me and Peter will just go in the studio and Pete, Pete will go, kid, try this, try this beat or, yeah. you know. And we record it. And we record it. And then we layer, layer, layer. Then we put a guitar, a bass on, a guitar yeah. on, and uh, something else on. And while that's going on, Monkey's sitting in the background getting some ideas. Yeah. And then... Try to write some lyrics and... And then we go with it. Yeah. And then it, that's how... Well, we like doing it that way because there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And it's real, it's honest, it's, it's satisfying, yeah. you know. I remember we did an album, uh, what was it, Smart Alex, great songs, but great shit song. album. Yeah. And we practiced every day, every day for two yeah. weeks. And when we recorded it, it was crap. Yeah. It lost a lot of we the... We lost it, we lost all oomph, the edge, you yeah, know, we lost edge. all the spontaneity. Yeah. Whereas when we're, the way we record now, we have spontaneity and, and honesty and uh, it's very good. I like it. Sort of like how I did on tests at school. It's like if I study for it, I can never get the test yeah. questions right. And then when I don't study... Randomly just do it, you'll get it. Yeah, that's a good thing, yeah. Right, and come up with creative answers too. <laughs> yeah. All about creativity, you're right, yeah. And it, we, we do some crazy things. I mean, there's no rules in punk rock, and that's that's what I don't get with punk rock today. There seems to be the samey, samey band sound and shit bands. And I was saying how you listen to the early punk rock, yeah. All them bands had different sounds, right, didn't they? Right. They were slow, you had the band... And I think it was about 1977, as you can see, uh, be, your, be yourself. Yeah. You know, you know, people can criticise other people and laugh at them. I do. Fucking hell, I laugh. Look at the state of that fucker walking down the street. Yeah, I got a laugh. But you know what? You respect it because they're doing their thing. That's it. 
and they're do, they're doing what they want to do. That's what I say. All these young little I laugh, out yeah, there. Yeah, I laugh. I laugh more at people today who've got the same fucking tattoos, the same fucking haircut, and they all wear the same colour clothing, and they all look the fuck. Especially the Betty Page thing. I just laugh at it. I go, what the fuck is that? She's been dead for how long? You know. Hey, now do your own thing. You know, paint your own shoes. Make your own clothes. Express yourself. Without hurting anybody. Sounds like a plan. Well, since we've been talking for like a long, long time, we'll have to take a listen to a song, and I guess we can end it off at that. Uh, let's see, what song can we take a listen to? I guess we can take a listen to Gangster since it like describes how long we've been talking. That's my favourite song on the album because it's different. Well, whether we play it or not live, that's another matter, but it is a great track. It's definitely a Quentin Tarantino track, and he's punk rock. Yeah, I definitely agree with that nice ending off song. So we'll take a listen to this last song. It's called Gangster by The Addicts, and you're listening to me, Jack, on the punk rock demonstration out here in Pomona with the addicts.
you're listening to Punk Rock Demonstration and this is Pete D from The Addicts.
Tired of that same old stuff they call punk rock? Well, take a listen to these upcoming songs. Never before heard anywhere. It's the punk rock demonstration new music block. Remember, you heard it here first on the punk rock demonstration. Dearest president, I've got something to say about how you're running this country into the ground. So I'll mail this letter to your pretty white house, although I know it will never be found. Between your campaign and coughing in your war, I know you won't get back to me. But at least I'll know deep inside my heart that I told you that I strongly disagree. Where do we go from here? I'm just trying to speak. What's wrapped up my mind? Where do we go from here? I'm just trying to keep. What's wrapped up my mind? Among all the letters that I ever sent, this was the worst 37 cents I ever spent. Fear is your best defense against these creeping eyes. Instilled with an absence of honor. Now that the rebellion when you hit it, where it hurts. The safety of our children and our homes But don't get me wrong, I love this country that I'm from It'll always be home to me It's just my discontent for the powers that be Who make our families feel a lack of security Where do we go from here? I'm just trying to speak What's left of my mind? Where do we go?
To make your request on the Punk Rock Demonstration, call the Punk Rock Demonstration Hotline at 209-980-PUNK. For all you people with non-punk rock phones, that number is 
Mystery
This is Sukka speaking from Bad Company Project and Oxymoron, and you're listening to Jack's Punk Rock Demonstration.
Dixon from the Agrolites, you're listening to Punk Rock Demonstration, home of the Boss Sound.
Just the way 